Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. I just want, before we get to preaching today, I've got a message uh, that I'm really excited to share. But we just need to be grateful for all God is doing. There's so much that we can uh, look at and be discouraged about in, in the world today. And we're even conversations about church all over Canada, struggling, having a hard time. I have hard conversations with pastors almost every week who are feeling like they want to give up because they don't know what to do. They don't know if anybody's watching online. They don't know what's going on. Yet here we are in a building full of people worshiping God on a Sunday morning with a projector and lights and all this type of stuff because God is a faithful God. And I just think we need to get grateful as a church. Can we give a big amen to God? Can we put our hands together one more time? Celebrate how good he is. Let's never take for granted what God's doing. And while we're meeting here, there's a church meeting in Toronto. Uh, Meanwhile, the mayor in Toronto had told us, uh, told uh, a person that we know that there's no plans to have any more churches in the city of Toronto for city planning. Really difficult to start a church there. Pastor Justin calls me yesterday. I think we found a space that we can meet. And God's just providing. He's providing. You guys need to be praying. We need to be leaning in because we need to see Jesus do amazing things in this city and in Toronto and all over Canada. And whatever God wants us to do, we're going to put our hand to it. And if we lean in and if we pray and if we believe God, I just there's just no telling what he's going to do in this city. And so as, as we, uh, we kind of lean into God's word today, let's just have an open heart because I really believe that God uh, asked me to speak a message right for you today um, that's going to minister to you in a big way. Uh, before you sit down, I just want to read our scripture, then we're going to pray. Uh, the text today is 1 Kings 19, 9 to 12. 1 Kings 19, 9 to 12. I think we actually have it on the screens today. It's going to be amazing. Um, praise the Lord. I, I feel like I haven't read a scripture off a screen in a really long time. <gasps> there it is. Magical. We can read together. The Bible says, uh, this is 1 Kings 19 verse 11. The Bible says, the Lord said, go and stand on the mountain. I'm going to give some context for this scripture later. He's speaking to the prophet Elijah. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great powerful wind tore through the mountains apart and shat- or tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. I love everything in the, in the Old Testament. It happens before the Lord. It's just so good. <laughs> shattered the rocks before the Lord. Um, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. We're in a series right now called Here Now. And and, uh, Pastor Justin has one more week in this series. And he says, don't take my last message out of Psalm 23. You've got to find your own scripture and your own message. I said, okay. So instead of here now, I want to title the message Here Now. Here Now. Come on, somebody. That was good. Okay, hey, let's close our eyes and pray, and you can be seated. Lord Jesus, we love you. God, speak to us today. We want to hear your voice right here and right now. God, we trust you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Touch your neighbor, tell them that they look good and have a seat. Amen. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, buddy. Get up for Jack on the emotional keyboards. Let's go. So good. On the prophet, prophesying on the prophet six. Praise God. Um, man, there's something significant about the sound of a voice, isn't there? Like there's just something about the sound of a voice that's so significant. I don't know about you, but different voices bring up different 
emotions for me. I was trying to think as I was preparing for this message about like voices that I really like. I was thinking about Morgan Freeman's voice. Morgan Freeman's voice. I mean, every time he talks, I think if God had a voice, it's probably Morgan Freeman's voice. Amen. Like, do you think that, do you think that God's like, I'm going to give one man and one man alone my voice and his name shall be Morgan Freeman. And imagine Morgan Freeman narrating the Bible. The whole world would be saved. Amen. So stupid. Um, what about Drake? Drake's voice. I was thinking about Drake's voice. I heard, I heard this, um, this uh, music critic that said that Drake's voice sounds like drywall. And, and, and the reason he said that is because we're so used to hearing Drake. You used to call me on my cell phone. You know what I mean? And, and it, we're just so used to hearing it that it's like the paint on the walls because Drake's it just has a quality to There's just something about people's voice. I was thinking about Mariah Carey's voice. Come on. Oh, so you guys are, are you guys too young for Mariah Carey? It's like, it's like every Christmas, Michael Bublé and Mariah Carey, they come out of their cave out of hibernation. They're like, we're ready for another Christmas. You know? All I want for... Come on, she's amazing. She can do that whistle thing with her voice. Ah. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever been seen in your car? You're trying to do that, and you're like, I'm so glad nobody else is in the car right now. Or in the shower, Mariah Carey. There's just something about that voice. It's crazy because each of those voices, when I think about them, they're distinct. They're unique. There's something about them. They evoke a certain emotion in me. Some of them make me want to dance. Some of them make me want to plug my ears. Some of them make me want to turn up and listen. Some of them make me want to listen to a long story. There's just something about the voices. Man, I love the kids are partying right now. Come on, they're just playing in there. Is that good? Isn't it good that we have some kids ministry going on over there? It's so good. But, man, there's some voices that you love and some voices that you hate. Man, there's some voices that I hate. I can't stand country music voices. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. We're preaching today. The country, I can't, I don't get it. It just makes no sense to me. I'm like, hey, dude, hey, you're not a cowboy, though. Hey, is, is there a Toy Story party? Are you Sheriff Woody? What is going on? You got the cowboy hat on? You live in Surrey, bro. Man, Jenna just loves country music. I, I, I was in a, a heavy metal, like, metal band when I was a teenager. Ah, you know, there's all the angst and stuff. And then I met Jenna, and she's like, you will never play that in my car. You will never play that in my house. I'm like, yes, ma'am, you know. And it's all country, all the time. You know what I mean? It's like Reba. It's just painful. It's, it's torture, you know. I don't, I don't get it. I, it's, there's just some voices you're like, ah, right? But then there's uh, Jenna, you know what she hates? I like, um, I like the, the 80s, the new wave 80s music, you know what I'm saying? And my favorite band's called The Smiths. Uh, it, it, Morrissey, you know what I'm talking about? Punctured bicycle on a hillside desolate. It's like so angsty, you know, an emo. And if I put that on in my car, Jenna is like, turn this car around. We are going home. She gets in a bad mood. She just hates it. Man, there's voices that you hate. There's voices that you love. The voice that I love the most is my daughter's voice. Okay, my daughter, the, literally she'll be like, hey, daddy, I have a surprise for you. She's got like a little lisp, and I'm like, what is it, sweetheart? She's like, I love you. That is literally my life. That happens in my life to me. And that's how blessed I am. The other day I walked into my daughter's room, <laughs> and she's got like a notepad, and she's drawing on it. I'm like, what are you doing, sweetheart? She's like, labeling things. 
and I look, and there's a, there's a notepad on the wall, and it says, wall. And then there's one on the door, it says, door. And then I look at her, and there's one on her, it says, person. I'm like, here's my credit card, my money, my wallet, the will. What about the boys? They can fend for themselves. It belongs to you. It's just that voice. It's just something about the voice. Man, I just love that voice. When I hear that voice, it brings me joy. Man, man, let me tell you something. There's nothing like the voice of God. The voice of God. God, I'm telling you, we all need to know and experience the voice of the Lord. Man, you think my daughter's voice is cool and cute. You think that that Morgan Freeman's voice is good. There's nothing like God's voice speaking to your life, speaking to your soul. uh, As Christians, we've just got to be desperate to hear the voice. I want to talk about the voice of God today. The voice here now. The Bible says in John 10, 27. This is amazing. Watch, it says, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. Because here's my big question today. What on earth does God's voice sound like? What does, I don't think it sounds like Morgan Freeman's voice. That was just a joke. I need to know as a believer, this is serious now. I need to know what his voice sounds like. Because I, I want God to speak to me, anybody else. As a believer, especially right now. In, the, in a world that's chaotic, confusing, there, there's so many opinions floating around. There are so many voices in our world today. There are more voices than there ever has been. I, I've been reading up on this. Knowledge is like doubling every three months right now. There's more words being spoken online and in your ears and through your mouth and on your Twitter and on your Instagram and through your TV than we've ever heard in human history, that we've ever said in human history. The voices are loud and through through all the voices that exist as Christians, we've got to be desperate to know and to hear the voice of God. And, yeah, come on, somebody. It's been a while. I haven't preached in a while. We're on a stage. We've got lights, and I'm ready to rip, okay? But, but, but we've got to recognize that voice. And here's the encouraging truth that I have for you today. My sheep know my voice. You know, we've been in Psalm 23, and David says, I'm a sheep of God. I'm I'm one that the Lord loves. I might not be that smart. I might not be that beautiful. But I'm one that the shepherd loved. Jesus is a God who leaves the 99 to look for the one sheep. The Bible always says we're, we're like sheep. And Jesus is the great, beautiful shepherd who cares for us. That's what we've been talking about all month. And, and here's one promise God has for his sheep. That his sheep know his voice. So what does God's voice sound like. I, I, I want to just uh, say today, the reason why we need God's voice is he's speaking more often than we think he is. Amen? Listen, God's speaking more often than we think he is. We're just not listening because we don't know how to listen to the cosmic, mystical voice of the Lord. We need his, more, uh, his voice more than we think we need his voice. And you're able to hear his voice more often than you think you're able to hear his voice. We need the voice of God today. I love this story of Elijah. 
in the Bible. It's one of my favorites. I love these dramatic Old Testament stories that kind of use a sense of poetry to bring you through this story. His voice wasn't in the wind, and it wasn't in the earthquake, and it wasn't in the fire, but there it was. And, and this story's always stuck out to me every time I read it. And, and, and I want to give you some context. See, the prophet Elijah was a bad man. And I don't mean bad in a bad way. I mean bad in a good way. I mean, this dude was killing it for God. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean literally, when they're citing the Old Testament, people would say it's Moses and Elijah. And Moses represents the law, and Elijah represents the prophets. When Jesus went to the Mount of Transfiguration with James, Peter, and John, and all of a sudden, his glory was revealed to them. What, who they saw with him, it was Jesus, and it was Moses and Elijah. Because they represented the Old Testament, the law and the prophets. I'm telling you, Elijah was God's guy. And listen, a prophet, here's what a prophet does. A prophet delivers the word of the Lord. Literally, Elijah was the voice of God to the people. Elijah was their connection to God. And what he would do, see, prophets don't just tell the future. Some, some people are confused and they think that you're not a prophet unless you're always talking about the future. That's actually not true. Biblical prophets rightly divide the word of God. They're theologians who know God's word and are able to give you the right interpretation of what God's word is saying for right now and, and in this moment, here now. That's what prophecy is. Even when we do our series, there's a prophetic element to them because we're praying and asking, God, what would you have to say to our church? And then Pastor Justin is receiving a word from God, and he's speaking it to you. And even though he's saying something that's straight from the Bible, he's not talking about the future. He's not talking about what's going to happen next week. He's prophetically speaking because he's bringing you a timely word from God's word. Amen? And that's what the prophets did. So he was God's guy. Elijah was bold. I mean, Elijah, he, he was like, killing the prophets of Baal and raising the dead, and God was using him to do amazing things. And right before we get to this scripture, Elijah had just won a great victory. He had invited 450 prophets of Baal to Mount Carmel, which sounds delicious, by the way. Uh, to the t oh, Man, I thought more people would laugh, and they didn't. Dang it. I'll take that out for the next service, okay? Um, but he, he invited them to Mount Carmel. There's 450 prophets of Baal, and he had a God-off. He had a God competition. He said, you cry out to your God and ask for fire to come down from heaven. Then I'll cry out to my God and ask for fire to come down from heaven. And, and whoever's God brings fire down from heaven wins. And, and the Bible says that 450 prophets of Baal, they're cutting themselves. They're screaming out to their God. They're worshiping their God all day long. And Elijah, he's so awesome. Elijah's the best. I want to be more like Elijah. He's standing there at his altar, laughing at them, mocking them, and saying, where's your God? Is he using the restroom that's legitimately in the Bible? I mean, he was bold, and then he literally is like, fire, and it's like, boom, down from heaven. He slays the prophets of Baal, and, and, and I mean, Elijah was the man. He was killing it for God. Revival was happening wherever Elijah went. But then after he slayed the prophets of Baal, something really interesting happens. Elijah gets discouraged. Have you ever been coming off a big win, maybe in your business or in your life or after a big trip and you just killed it with your family, and after all the hype wears down and the adrenaline wears down, you just start to feel discouraged? And Queen Jezebel, the evil queen, Queen Jezebel, ugh. every time I see, think of Queen Jezebel, I think of like the evil Star Wars, dun, 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 dun. she walks in, you know, she's like the evil empress, you know. 
And she's the evil queen that loves the prophets of Baal and all that type of stuff. And she says, may my gods kill me tomorrow if I don't kill you like you killed my prophets. And Elijah hears that. And instead of being bold, the bold Elijah we know, we know the Bible says he just runs away to a valley and, and he wishes he was dead because he's so exhausted. And he says, God, no one even loves you. Why am I even doing this? And I just want to pause. This isn't even part of the message, but I want to encourage somebody today that even if you felt discouraged in your life, just because you felt discouraged, just because you felt down, doesn't mean that God doesn't have a great call on your life. Every single great man and woman of God have had bad days where they felt down and discouraged like they couldn't do it. Even people who've worked great miracles, even the great heroes of the Bible, every single one of them had a bad day, week, month, or year, by the way. You ever had a bad year? Ever someone's like, I have a bad day. Try a bad year, okay? Been there, you know? And, and, and God's people don't just have great lives. We have tough lives. And Elijah's going through a tough season. He's calling out to God, God, I need your voice. The person who was the voice of God to the people was needing the voice of God. Just because God does great stuff through you doesn't mean you don't need your connection to God, by the way. Don't get so cocky that God's using you so much and you're killing it so much that you don't need to get on your knees every morning and beg God to help you and speak to you and be with you. Because we do. Because we're people and he's God and we're just his vessels and he's just using us to do cool things. And we get to go along for the ride, but we're just people that he's using. And, and Elijah's having one of those moments and, and the guy who's supposed to be the voice of God needs the voice of God. And there's this cool moment where God shows us something amazing about his voice as he speaks to Elijah when he's discouraged. He says, hey, go stand here, and I'm going to walk by you, and I'm going to show you how my voice works. And so I've got four points today, okay? So you can write them in your notes, message H-E-A-R, here now. Point number one is, it wasn't in the wind. It wasn't in the wind. That's point number one. I love this illustration about God's voice because God's telling us what his voice isn't before he tells us what it is. You know, sometimes I just want to know what it is, but God doesn't always work that way. Sometimes he has to show us what it isn't to give us wisdom about how to hear what is. And he goes, it wasn't in the wind. Have you ever had a friend who just had like a really loud voice? You're like, Pastor Kobe, you're my friend with the loud voice. It is you. <laughs> Have you ever been at dinner with somebody and, and their voice is just so loud and you're having a private conversation? But they're like, yeah, I know that time you did that thing. And you're like, quiet, yeah. And you're just feeling that on the inside. You're like, but they just don't know. They just don't care that there's people everywhere. I was with Pastor Justin one time and I was having a moment and I was joking with him. And I like screamed something. I was like, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. And we, <laughs> we were leaning over the ledge, uh, looking out into the water. And he's like doing this to me. He's like pumping his arms. And I look and there's like 300 people standing behind us. <laughs> and they all thought I was going, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you to Justin. It was embarrassing. But that happens when you've got a loud voice. The loud voices, man, they just carry over a room. Listen, God's voice wasn't in the wind. I really believe scripture is trying to teach us something about God's voice here. Did you know that God's voice is not a very loud voice? Like some of us, we're, we're waiting for God to speak to us in a loud voice. And if he finally shows up 
at, my, at the end of my bed and appears as an angel and says, Bartholomew, I now solemnly declare that you are the chosen one. Then finally I'll know I need to say yes and serve him. But God's voice wasn't in the wind. God's voice is not a loud voice. There's a reason that we don't know many people who have heard God speak to them audibly. Listen, God can speak loud if he wants to. Maybe you're one in the million people where God has spoken to in a loud way. And that is awesome and praise God for that. But the general nature of the voice of the Lord is that it's not a loud voice. And the problem is, if we're always thinking that God is going to speak to us in a loud voice... Sometimes we begin to resent God because we're wanting him to speak to us the way we want him to communicate with us and the way we want to hear from God. And we do all these funny things to try, try and twist God's arm to talk to us in the way that we want him to talk to us rather than humbling ourselves and learning how his voice works and doing the discipline and leaning into him over time so we can make, get the earwax out of our ears and hear the voice of the Lord. Lord, and we begin to resent the voice of the Lord, and because we want a loud voice, we just listen and worship the loudest voices in the room. So whoever's talking loudest, that's who I'm listening to. You see how Satan works? He doesn't just tell lies, he twists the truth, and then he just talks louder than God. You know that person just always interrupting, they're always talking over you, they're, uh, they're always just trying to get their way in the conversation, they're always butting in, they're, you can just see them when you're talking and they're like waiting to talk and they look like this. You know, that's the devil, you know, he's, he's just trying, when God's speaking, he just, he hates what's happening right now. He's going to create any distraction he can so that you can't hear the word of the Lord today. And he wants to speak in a louder voice. And the thing about Satan's voice that is confusing is he'll wrap true stuff, but he'll twist it in a lie. That's how he's spoken all through scripture. And then he just says it loudly. It's called social media. Can I get a big amen? Come on, somebody. It's called the news. It's called what we're listening to. And listen, God's voice is not a loud voice. Mark Twain said that a lie can make its way around the world before the truth has a chance to get its shoes on. And sometimes to hear the voice of the Lord, friend, you just need to slow down. And because God's voice is not a loud voice, it wasn't in the wind, it requires you to turn down some of the things in your life that don't sound like the Lord so that you can actually hear his voice. And our world is getting louder. It's getting louder. There's more opportunities to be distracted. There's more opportunities to not press in. There's more opportunities to just sit entertained rather than pressing through the pain of boredom in our quiet time so that we can connect with the Lord. Am I preaching to anybody today? See, 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 listen. The Lord's voice is not a loud voice. It's a biblical voice. The Lord's voice doesn't always sound loud, but it always sounds like the Bible. Come on, somebody. See, that's how you know it's God's voice, because it lines up exactly with Scripture. God will never, ever say anything that doesn't line up with his word. If you're listening to a voice and it doesn't line up with his word, you need to turn that voice down. I'm telling you, the Bible is our tether. The Bible is our anchor. There's no prophet that can say anything to you with any authority apart from God's word. The word is the authority. The word is the anchor. When we know God's word, we know his voice. If you want to know God's voice more, you've got to know his word more. 
Come on, you should clap to that because that is really, really good. So, so, so what I want to get in the habit of doing is go, Lord, I'm going to turn some voices down. They might be helpful information right now, but they're not helpful for my walk and my passion for you because that is the most important thing. And I'm going to lose some control over what's going on in the world because it was just an illusion and I didn't have control in the first place. And I'm going to turn this up a little bit. Hey, friend, like I'm going to say something super convicting that I'm not even doing right now, but I just want it to let it hit you like it hit me. Like, are you spending more time in here than you're spending on here? It's a pretty simple question. Like, I'm spending more time on here. <laughs> you're like, we're not coming back here next week. <laughs> Honey, get the car. Man, I, I just want that to hit me like a ton of bricks. I want to wake up in the morning and I want to have, I don't want to crave this. You know, what you're hungry for says a lot about your health. And I want to be hungry for this, man. I want to get in here. Like, it's hard to understand. Awesome. Just study it like crazy because it's God's word. There's so many resources will help you. But get in here. Figure this out. And then you're going to hear God's voice. His voice wasn't in the wind. Point number two. It wasn't in the earthquake. It wasn't in the earthquake. Have you ever been in an earthquake before? Show of hands. You been in an earthquake? Yeah. I, we were in an earthquake in our house a couple years ago, and we were just like watching a show, and all of a sudden my house started doing this. You know, it was a gentle earthquake. I felt like it was kind of fun. Literally, I was like, whoa, we're in an earthquake. I was like, this is exciting, guys, you know? And Jen, <laughs> Jenna just starts panicking. <laughs> She's like, Jesus, 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 Jesus. I'm not kidding you. She, she's right here. She did it. She grabbed the table, and I'm like, we should probably go check on the. Pardon? Yeah, she's from Manitoba. Doesn't the earth, the earth stands still there? It's just tornadoes. Jesus, she's screaming to the Lord. That's how you know you married a godly woman. She just cries out to the Lord. You know what I mean? First reaction, not save the kids, but Lord, help me! Oh God! Ah! This is the earthquake. <laughs> She's screaming. And then we go upstairs. We just make sure the kids didn't fall out of their beds or whatever. It was fine. But, man, earthquakes are insane. My uncle actually just sent us an email today. He said we had a uh, 3.8 Richter scale earthquake in Los Angeles, California. I'm like, yo, you better move, dude. Like, this is not going to be good. Man, earthquakes are powerful. Earth, the, the earth shakes. And there's nothing anybody can do about it. It's going, man. The tectonic plates that are, that are mobile on the earth's core just snap into place, and you are along for the roller coaster ride, okay? For all the Enneagram sixes right now, they're like looking up earthquakes and how they can get safety, and I need water, oh, I didn't think about this, you know? But man, the, the earthquakes are, are, are powerful. The Bible says that Elijah was in an earthquake before God, and he's thinking, man, maybe this is God's voice. But the voice wasn't in the earthquake. Some of you aren't willing to listen to a voice unless it shakes you. And you're like, I've got to shake up my life and then I'll be on track with God. It's like the people that always want to travel. It's like, if I go here, I'll find God. Or then, oh, he wasn't there. And then i got to go here and I'll find God. And God's got nothing against traveling. But, but, but you can't find him by shaking your life up because his voice wasn't in the earthquake. 
maybe if I just change my job, I'm just in the wrong job. Or, or maybe if we just, we just change our wardrobe, I just need to change my wardrobe. Or, or if we just get a new business or if we just do a new thing. And if we shake it all up every time that you want to hear from God, you feel like something's wrong because you're in the wrong place. Listen, there's a Bible story called the story of Jonah. Okay, and, and, and Jonah went a thousand miles in the wrong direction on purpose to get away from God. God causes that he would be thrown into the water, eaten by a whale, and he spat him up directly on the shore that he had called them to. You can't run from God, friend. God wants you to make your call more than you do. He's that good. That's why you're here, man. God's got something great for your life. He, and, and, and we just want to be shaken by God. There's two shakings, I think, that we, we misinterpret for God's voice. Um, the first is uh, he wants to shake up your environment. Just like I was talking about, everything changes. If everything changes, I'll find God. If my job changes. The other one is shaking up your soul. I call it bad testimony syndrome. Like, <laughs> there's so many Christians in church that God has been so faithful to help them to stay pure and on track. And sometimes they feel less than because the people with the bad testimonies really know God. And, and hey, man, like I, like I love a bad testimony, okay? I got some friends, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I love my friends, and, I, and I've heard God has rescued them from literally the pit of hell or a drug den. And, and I've, I've busted down doors in drug houses and prayed for people. I've done it all in 15 years of pastoring, and I've seen God move in powerful ways. And you're never too far gone for God to save you, friend. God can take you from the bottom. God will meet you at the top, and he'll meet you at the bottom. Can I get a big amen? But sometimes we think that, maybe it's because the only time we ever got attention from our dad was when he was yelling at us, that that's how God's going to communicate with us too. And that God needs to shake, if he's going to talk to you, he's going to shake you and say, man, what is wrong with you? And he's going to point a finger on your face and look what you did again. And so you're always just trying to be good so God will speak to you. Or, or you're always kind of just, if life is just not where you want it and God's voice isn't what you want, then you just kind of ruin it and, and maybe you'll meet God at the bottom and, and, and you're just confused and in the shaking, you're trying to force God's hand into speaking to you, but God's voice isn't in the earthquake. God doesn't want to shake you. He wants to love you. See, see, see in, in Psalm 23, Pastor Justin was talking about his rod and his staff and they represent comfort and discipline. You see, God doesn't want to shake you. He wants to comfort you and discipline you. Can I get a big amen? See, discipline is not shaking. Discipline is teaching you how to get up every morning and pray. See, see, discipline is putting a habit in you that's going to make you closer to the Lord. And if you want to hear God's voice, here's one thing we're all going to have to adopt. We're going to have to put our big boy and big girl pants on, and we're going to have to adopt spiritual disciplines. Read my Bible. Pray every day. See, it's not in the changing of your environment out here. It's in the discipline of your environment in here that God's going to speak to you. And God wants to comfort you. Maybe you've been shaken. Maybe you made a mistake. Maybe you sinned. Maybe you've fallen down. God's not waiting with his big measuring stick in the sky to slap you across the wrist. God's actually here to comfort you. He, he's, read, read every story where Jesus meets a sinner in the Bible. He doesn't just let them go. He, he says, go and sin no more, and then he dies for their sins on a cross, and he invites them into a relationship with him where they're going to become more and more like Jesus. Jesus never excuses sin. Jesus dies for sin, 
and invites you to receive that forgiveness so that you might be saved and you might become more like Jesus. He comforts you and he disciplines you. God's voice is not in the earthquake. Aren't you glad God's voice isn't in the earthquake? That'd be crazy if it was. Point number three, it wasn't in the fire. Wasn't in the fire. Hey, hey, here's what I want to say about the fire, okay? I believe that the fire is passion and revival. Is there an echo in here? No, it's just me. I'm just hearing it. Sorry, I'm a bit, I always listen to audio and I'm hearing it slap off the back wall. And uh, it's distracting me because I have ADD. Praise God. <laughs> You're like, the atmosphere of revival just left this room, Pastor Kobe. It wasn't in the fire. God's voice, what, listen, it, it, I think that sometimes we crave an environment of revival and think if I can just get in that room, maybe God will speak to me. If I can just get under that teaching, then maybe God will speak to me. If I can just get in that worship environment, the fire of God is going to uh, uh, show me something new about God, and I'm going to have a new revelation of God. Listen, I've got nothing against an atmosphere of revival. I think you need to get in the room. I think that you need to press into God. I think that you need to get in church, and, and God moves in a powerful way when we gather together. The Bible says, where two or three are gathered, there I am among you. But I remember I used to preach this youth conference every year. I'd go and I'd speak, and it's a bunch of, like, 600 young people, and I was speaking there, and they had this, this, it was a Pentecostal church. You know these churches? And they have, like, four-hour worship. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody been in a four-hour worship service? We'll pray for you later. You know what I'm saying? It's like your legs hurt. They're shaking. There's there's 12-year-old kids. It's midnight. You haven't even started preaching yet. You're on the second song. It's been four hours. Do you know what I'm saying? It's that type of a church. And we're just praising God. We're pressing in. And there's always this one student and, and, and my heart kind of breaks because he was at the front row and I could just see him every year pressing in and it was beautiful. But there was also a pain to it because I could see in his heart that he really believed that if I just press in a little harder, then maybe God would speak to me. If I just, if I just do better in this moment of worship, if I raise my hands a little higher, if I say the right things in that moment, if I have the right testimony, if I'm in the right environment, there's the right moment, then all of a sudden I'm going to get a vision and everything's going to change. But God's voice wasn't in the fire. Now I highly recommend, friends, that you get in every atmosphere you can, but you know what's one of the most powerful atmospheres you'll ever get into is just the atmosphere of your bedroom, just the atmosphere of your car. Just the atmosphere of your quiet time. I'm telling you, God doesn't just speak in the fire. God's voice is available everywhere. You don't need, you don't need elevation worship or whatever it is or Mab City or Hill Songs or, or whatever you do. I always put an S on the end of Hill Songs because I think it's funny. Um, that was a Christian joke. Anyways, but, but it's not that environment that's going to change your life. It's the presence of God in that environment. And God's voice is available everywhere. It wasn't in the fire. You can never be passionate enough to earn God's favor. Grace literally means unmerited favor. And I sometimes think God leans out when we try and earn something that God's already paid for. Because it would be a bad lesson, wouldn't it? I earned it. I deserve it. We don't deserve grace. God speaks by his grace. And I love the last one. Point number four. I'm going to end here. The Bible says, the sound of a gentle whisper came. 
So, some translations state a still, small voice. And all of a sudden, Elijah just starts to hear a whisper. And the voice wasn't in the wind. It wasn't in the fire. It wasn't in the earthquake. But it was in the whisper. I've always thought, like, why did God whisper, you know? I think I have to go to the chiropractor now. <laughs> but like, but God starts to whisper to the God of the universe. He's big. You know how loud God's voice could be? The Bible literally says, he said, light. And the universe shot out of his mouth. We literally call it the big bang, okay? He's got a loud voice. But he decided to speak to Elijah whisper. Man, I always think when I'm preaching, like, where is God in this room right now? You know? Like, is he behind me on the stage with his hand on my shoulder, like, proud of you, son? You know? <laughs> I actually don't think he is. I think, I think God's like here. You know? He's just chilling. What's up, dude? Good to see you. You look great. Thanks for dressing up for church. It means a lot to me. I think God's like here. And I really believe that the reason that God whispers is because he's close. I just think he's more normal than you think he is. I think his voice is easier to hear. Than, what's up, dude? Good to see you, by the way. I think it's just easier to hear than you think it is. I think it's more normal. We try and do this, but God's actually speaking here. And he's ready and willing to speak to you. It's really hard when I preach this to get out of this register. So I'm just going to ask you to clap and then I'm going to talk normal. Okay, why don't we put our hands together? Awesome. He's close. That's how you hear God's voice. Just get close. He's close. You know, I was trying to think of other times there were wind, earthquake, fire in the Bible. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, there was an earthquake. And the Bible says that the, the curtain tore from top to bottom. And that was a symbol that we could be close to God. Because God's presence wasn't behind a curtain anymore. And because Jesus had died for us, we wouldn't die immediately coming into contact with his holy presence. But now God was close. And then Jesus rose from death. And he, he told his apostles, get together and pray. He ascended to heaven. He says, I'm going to send you a friend. And now I'm with you, but there's something that's better. I'm going to be in you. And in that upper room, the Bible says as, as his people prayed, that there was a, a rushing wind and tongues of fire stood on people's heads and they received the Holy Spirit. And because the Holy Spirit is here with us and lives in us, when we invite Jesus into our life, God's voice speaks to our heart. God is close. He's available. He's not trying to yell at you. He's not trying to shake you. His voice is close. And his sheep can hear his voice. Uh, five years ago, my son Judah was born, and I've told the story so many times in this context, but I'm going to do it again. And uh, when he was born, my, my son was only one pound. And he needed a serious life support to stay alive. Five different times at the beginning of his life, doctors would ask us to come in the room and hold his hand because he had like five minutes to live and he would always 
always push through. And it was just so amazing. And he developed a lot of damage to his brain and his body while he was a, a little kid. And today he's in a wheelchair. He has cerebral palsy. And uh, when he was about a year old, we noticed that Jenna could just like vacuum around him and he would just laugh and not notice the vacuum or nap, you know? And we're like, what a great baby. Oh my gosh, this is so easy, you know? And we took him for a test and it turns out that because of some medication he had taken while he had pneumonia when he was two pounds, he had damaged his cochlear nerve to the point where he was profoundly deaf. And the news was quite devastating to hear because you know, his mom's a singer and his dad's a preacher. And we had to come to terms with the fact that our boy would never hear his mom sing and never hear his dad preach. And it was tough. And uh, through that time, I did a lot of prayer. We actually hired uh, through the city. (laughs) I didn't pay for it, praise God. Um, Came over to our house, uh, this lady, and she would teach a sign language. And we were learning how to communicate with him long term. And we were praying and believing God. And I'll I'll never forget God spoke to me one time about the fact that Judah couldn't hear. And I was like, Lord, he'll he'll never hear me speak. He'll he'll never hear Jenna sing. And like, I just don't know what to do with that. And the Lord spoke to me something I'll never forget. He said, he said, Kobe, listen, God, God wasn't speaking here. He was speaking here. He said, Kobe, he said, Judah might not be able to hear your voice. He'll always be able to hear my voice because my sheep know my voice. Listen, you know the voice of God. God's been speaking to you for a long time. It's this still small voice that's been beckoning you to come to him. It's the voice that's been telling you, hey, I'm here. I'm available. I died for you. I love you. You don't hear him with these ears. You hear him with these ears. And today God wants to speak to your heart. Can I pray for you from the front to the back? Could you close your eyes? I'm just going to ask that God would speak to us today. Lord Jesus, God, help us to be attentive to your voice. God, help us to remember that we don't have to go over there or change everything to hear you, but you're here now and we can hear you. God, God, help us to turn down the loud voices that don't sound like the Bible and help us to turn up your voice. We are your church. We need your voice, Lord. God, help us to not crave these atmospheres all the time in a negative way. Let us crave them in a positive way, knowing people are going to get saved, but let us know your voice well enough that we walk into environments of revival with confidence, knowing that we add to the environment because we love the Lord, not needing something from you that we're trying to earn that you've already paid for by your cross. God, help us to hear the sound of that gentle whisper from the front to the back with everybody's eyes closed. If you're here today, and maybe you're like, Pastor, I, I don't feel like I'm one of those sheep. I don't feel like I know that voice. Maybe you just don't know Jesus. You've never said yes to Jesus. You know, I'll never forget, 19 years old, grown up in church, but made a real solid commitment to Jesus. When I was 19, my life has never been the same. I said, Jesus, I believe in you. I love you. And ever since then, it's just been crazy. I've just been able to hear the voice of the Lord as I read his word. If that's you today, you know and God knows that there's a gap between you and God. Maybe you've fallen away or maybe you've never said yes to Jesus. Right now, in this environment, I'm not going to single you out, but with everybody's eyes closed, 
I just want to ask you to say yes to Jesus. There's something that uh, powerful that happens in your soul when you say, Jesus, I believe in you. You know, the Bible says in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And Jesus promises that when we say, God, I believe in you, when we lean into him, when we make him our Lord, that our life will never be the same, that he'll begin to change our heart and that heaven is our home. So if that's you today, with every eye closed, and you want to say yes to Jesus, like I said, I'm not going to single you out, but there's something powerful about a decision. I'm just going to count to three, and on the count of three, why don't you shoot up your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor, just by putting up your hand, and you can put it right back down. But let's make a decision right now, and I'm going to pray for you. One, two, three. Put up your hand if you want to say yes to Jesus. I see the hand, brother. Thank you. Is there anybody else? Just wave and say, Pastor, that's me. Can you pray for me? I want to say yes to Jesus today. Amen. Amen. Well, you can put your hands down. Let's pray together. And, and if you put up your hand, just pray this directly to God in your heart right now. God will hear your voice. I'm just going to help you pray. And if, and if you already love the Lord, why don't you pray for those in the room that are receiving Christ today? So pray this. If you put up your hand, look directly to Jesus in your heart. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I love you. I believe in you. God, will you be my Lord? Jesus, thank you that I'm saved. Thank you that I'm loved. Thank you that you died for my sin. Help me to follow you for the rest of my life. God, I put my trust and my faith Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, can we put our hands together for people who are receiving God today? Amen. 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 Well, love you guys so much. We're excited for next week. I'm going to get Dustin to come close the service, and uh, God bless you. Here you go, buddy. Thanks, Kobe. Great word. Give it up for Kobe one more time. Just wanted to end the service by saying uh, we didn't do an offering moment earlier in the service, so uh, on your way out, there's an option to give at the Connect booth. You can also give online. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Take care. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.